What if everything you thought about the world around you was just a lie? Neo, it's time to wake up. Roll that intro. Hello there, I'm Rafael DiFuria, back at it again for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. This week, I wanted to jump straight into talking about how expat life can be a lie. Not just necessarily that it doesn't exist. It exists. It's not like that in any kind of way. What I'm meaning more is that there are aspects of living abroad, expat life, whatever you want to call it, uh, immigration, moving to the other side of the world, it doesn't matter, that are sold with an absolute lack of truth. And this is something that I would say is very important to keep in mind. This is why Not Your Average Globetrotter exists. And other projects that I'm a part of is, is it's important to keep a reality check on things and to understand things fully before jumping into a life abroad. And a quick comment question of the week as well. What are some of the miraculous, wonderful things that you've heard people on YouTube or elsewhere on social media talk about living abroad that just simply aren't true? One of the biggest problems that I see many expats never even, or rather potential expats, but even some expats who are currently living abroad, is that they don't do all of the research necessary to get into the important aspects of what may be the reality of the place that they are living in or the place that they are aiming for. So of course, what do you do in this situation? Well, you watch YouTube videos. You can try to find channels like Not Your Average Globetrotter, for example, which try to represent living abroad in a realistic way without uh, going for the uh, pizza, pasta, and amore, as I've called it for a number of years, showing the, the rainbows, unicorns, and butterflies, but to highlight what actually may be some of the realities that you may experience. And one of the biggest ones that I see is especially for Americans, the, the one of the biggest things that they are sold on about moving to another country is often, not always, of course, I'm generalizing here, and this depends on the country, but the cost of living. <laughs> this is one thing where I will say, definitely in comparison to certain parts of the world, yes, it can be much less expensive to live in, say, Portugal or Italy than it might be in the US, of course, depending on where you are, but that is the biggest caveat. It depends on where. And also with the, the, the way that things have been going in the world the past couple of years, with inflation and cost of living going up and up and up, I mean, and especially in a place like Braga, uh, where I currently live, this is something that is affecting many people, that house, housing has gone up in price, food has gone up in price. I mean, things are kind of seeming to teeter off now, but I, I, even in California, some of you know I have some family out there, and I've mentioned that in the past, and I was hearing recently about how uh, even in some parts of California, if a home is being listed at $1 million, people are making a bid at 1.3 or 1.4 or more to be able to get that home that they are trying to go for. I mean, to me, I cannot understand the willingness to put that much money, no matter, I don't care if you have all of the money in the world, I think there's a certain point where there is just money that's being wasted. What do you need this property that costs 1.x millions, 2 millions, 10 millions? I think there's a certain point where it's just like, okay, you got to look at your life. What is going on? Is that really necessary? Is, it, it, does it really make sense? Maybe for some people that they're trying to live in certain exclusive areas because they have a, a, a large following, uh, they're famous actors or whatever, and they're trying to get away from, from the world. 
okay, maybe I can almost understand it then, but even at that point, to spend so much on a home, I think is, a, in my opinion, a bit absurd. But I'm not saying that in Portugal, that's what you would normally find. I'm not saying that expensive, absurdly expensive homes don't exist. But what I'll say is, on average, I think what people do see here is more expensive than they would have seen in the past few years. But again, this is everywhere in the world. That's one thing that I think people often overlook is what is the actual cost of living? And this is why I don't normally do that topic as a video topic, whether it's in Italy or in Portugal. The cost of living is extremely dependent on your particular situation. Are you moving here with kids? Are you moving on your own? Or do you have a partner? Do you have pets? What is your lifestyle like? Because what I could say that my lifestyle will be like might not be representative of a lot of people. And even if I try to generalize what cost of living could be like, it's not going to represent the situation well, in my opinion. This is why it's not a topic that I've ever really gotten into on Not Your Average Globetrotter. I might mention certain aspects of what you could expect to find, but to deep dive into that topic, I don't think would really do the, the topic justice. But another thing that I often hear misrepresented about expat life is the ability in an area for people to speak English, especially in Portugal, um, and especially specifically in Braga. Uh, there are a lot of people that I hear coming to Braga that feel as though that there are aspects of life that are misrepresented online, especially the ability to get around with speaking English only. In my opinion, in Braga, you definitely need to be able to have a grasp of the language. It's something that you just can't avoid. Are there people that you will find here that do speak English? Yes. I mean, there was someone recently who left a comment asking about how much English and Portuguese I'm, I speak here. I forget exactly what the question was, but basically I say that 95% of the time I might be reaching for Portuguese, but that other 5% I'll probably be reaching for English if necessary. But usually I'm not the one that reaches for English. Usually other people will respond to me in English or just speak to me in English if they hear me speaking uh, to someone else in English. Like recently I was at a bar with some other expats that live here locally and the person behind the bar heard me and one other guy talking. And so he just spoke to us directly in English. And I was like, excuse me, what? what's going on here? Wait, hold on. What country are we in? But I understand where that guy might be coming from in a country like Portugal, where there are many people who do come here and will just speak straight off in English. But this, I would say, is a big problem with the expat communities. I'm not saying specifically in Braga, I'm saying in the whole world, that there will be people that will just come straight into a location and speak in English, not asking, do you speak English? Not trying to make an effort in the local language. And I'm again, I'm not saying anything specific about the community here in Braga, but I'm saying, in a vast generalization of expats around the world. This is something I've seen time and time again, and every time I see it, it just makes me want to cringe. But is it to say that all expats do that? No, not at all. Just a quick thing before we get into the next point, I wanted to say a huge thank you to those of you who helped this project to be able to keep on moving forward through the one-time donations, such as the thanks button here on YouTube or the monthly support through Patreon. Really thank you all so much to those of you who helped this project keep on pushing forward. Another quote-unquote lie that I often see represented online about expat life is that it's like living in vacation mode, that you are living in this beautiful, wonderful place on the other side of the world and that you're going to have this amazing, wonderful time that is completely and totally glamorous and bullcrap. I try not to use foul language on this channel, so that's about as far as I will go with what I'm going to say there specifically. 
But I think there are times when expat life abroad is sold as this glamorous thing when it's really not. I've mentioned this so many times that it's living life in a different location. And if you are living with the place as a background behind you and that you could so easily just replace it with another place like a backdrop, I mean, I think that's a little silly personally. There is so much of the experience that is missed that you get to meet the people that is a huge part of the place, interacting with locals. If I didn't interact with locals in each of the places that I've lived, I don't feel as though I would have had a real sense of what life there is actually like. And beyond that, of course, as I've mentioned many, many times, food. That is also another part of experiencing life in another country. When you experience the food in certain cultures, there are certain expansions on the explanation of what that culture is that just start making more sense. It just somehow, at least for me, it just hits you. It's like, oh, okay, I can understand this. These are the ingredients that they have available to them. These are the type of people that are creating these dishes and these things. And the, there's one represents the other. And in, in these kind of far out ways, and I may be getting a little too far out and a little too abstract here, but it's something that I truly enjoy and think is very, very important when it comes to exploring the world around us. And in my opinion, that is a huge aspect of expat life, the ability to explore, the ability to get to know a new place and new people even better than you would have before, because there are just certain experiences that you will never have anywhere else. And being able to go deeper into a culture and really get to know what they believe, how they believe, why they believe. Once you start getting into that, that is just such a, I don't know how to say, but like this, it unlocks this part of your mind that you might not have ever known existed before. Thinking about things with potentially a different form of logic than what you grew up with, because logic is partially in some ways, at least I would make this argument, dictated by the culture around you, because logic is not necessarily universal or what is logical, rather, is not necessarily going to be the same for every group of people. For certain people, I think I mentioned this somewhat recently, that certain aspects of life, certain things that maybe to you are going to be completely logical about how you keep your kitchen organized, but you go to your neighbor next door and how they organize it doesn't make any sense to you, but to them it makes perfect logical sense. And I would say that is a very minor kind of just experience and uh, example of what you could even find in another country. But actually, to expand on that, there will be a logic set in, say, American supermarkets that you know where to go, roughly speaking, based on the similarity between two different items. You'll know that X will be with X and Y will be with Y and Z will be with Z. Like, for example, in Italy, the location of sodium bicarbonate isn't necessarily where most people would think it would be. It ends up being in a completely different section than you would possibly ever have thought. And even with my experience here in Portugal, there are times that I'm at the supermarket that I will be thinking about, okay, X is going to be next to Y or next to Z or whatever it is, and I'm there. And then I realize, oh, wait, that's the layout of an Italian supermarket, not a Portuguese supermarket. So even when you're in places in the world that are so close to each other, there might not be the same way of doing things. So that is another thing that because you do certain things a certain way in your country, that doesn't mean that it's going to be done that way there. So this also gets into other aspects. And actually, one of the biggest lies that's ever told about moving to another country is that it is easy. If anybody ever tells you that, then they are not telling you the truth. You're just going to start 
enjoying life and having an amazing time. And this kind of gets into the other factor that I spoke about before um, regarding more so like kind of this glamorous lifestyle. But in this factor, I'm talking more about transition period and more about um, the actual kind of just hitting the rhythm of day-to-day -day life. And that's one of the things that I would say is much more difficult because that is not solely dependent on your surroundings, but it's also internal to yourself because not everybody is going to be right for every location. And that's one thing that I think is very important to consider is that what is it that you need? I've mentioned this many, many times, but what do you want and what do you need and what's the balance between them? And are you okay with being lonely? Because living in another country, especially at the very beginning, can be very, very isolating and very, very lonely. And is that something you're willing to deal with? I would say if that is something that you are okay with, that it is important to understand it's going to exist, but also take advantage of that time. Take advantage of those moments that you're going to have to yourself to be able to get things done, paperwork or work, whatever it may be. Because depending on where you are, maybe you're going to be in a place that has a community of expats and maybe you're going to hit a stride and meet people that you really get along with and just get to the point where you have so much to do that you can't really keep up with everything. Or you could hit the exact opposite of that. And that's why it's important to be okay with kind of being on your own. Because not everywhere that you're going to move is going to have a community of people. Whether it is other expats or if it is locals. If you are going to a place where you are going to be one of only a few foreigners there. I might say that you will have a little bit more of a difficult time with integration. Because think about it how it is in your hometown, your city, your state, wherever it is that you're from. How are people treated from other countries there? Do they usually tend to integrate very well or do they tend to stay in their own communities or do people uh, maybe have slight interactions? And of course, depending on the level of language, because that's another thing, living life in a different part of the world where they speak a different language can be a big challenge. But I would also say, even on top of that, if you are going to a part of the world where they do speak the same language as you, sometimes the accent, at least at the beginning, may be very difficult to become accustomed to. I mean, I will say that even until this day, I've become very accustomed to many British accents, but sometimes when we're starting to get more towards the north or even Scotland, or even if we're talking about highlands in Scotland, those will be interactions that I will start having to listen to much more closely. Uh, even with Irish accents, that will be something that, depending on the person and uh, depending on their age, because something I've observed, I don't know if this is true in general, but many people closer to my age and younger have a much more neutralized, almost slightly American-influenced accent, but not everybody. But the older Irish individuals that I've interacted with, I have generally had to listen a little bit closer to. But I must say, after a proper pint of Guinness, life becomes a little easier. And yes, I realize that I may have butchered that accent, but we'll leave it at that. So I will say thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter, especially a huge thank you to those of you who helped to make these episodes possible on a regular basis through Patreon on a monthly basis and for the one-time donations through the thanks button here on YouTube. Really thank you so much for taking part of this project and helping it to be able to move forward, as well as a thanks to those of you who've shared these videos, liked them, and also left comments with your thoughts down in the comment section below. All of these help in their own different way to help this project to keep going. So thank you all so much again for joining me for this episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there and I will see you all next time. Later.
Thank you.